Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver a variety of fresh content to help you live awesome. Enjoy the show. Engage with us online at marksdailyapple.com and on social media, and send your questions to info at primalblueprint.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. Today, we have a repeat offender and one of my favorites, Arian Alexander. She's a rock your business coach, a business and life coach. She has a master's in spiritual psychology. If you are unfamiliar with her work, you can also go back and listen to episode 149 and also episode 233 of the Primal Blueprint Podcast and also today's episode. Welcome back. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. So before we get into some juicy stuff, uh, we're going to get into some some topics here. For people that haven't heard of you before, tell us a little bit. You know, you I always think of you as someone who left a very high-paying job to take a risk on herself because she wanted a happier existence, and you did it. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a the story of uh, taking the leap of faith from a from being in a career that was amazing and I was very successful at it and but it just didn't call to my heart anymore. It, it was something I was doing just for the money and I finally realized that that couldn't be the only reason I was there because it was just like draining me every day. I was like eating cookies all day and I even smoked back then and it drank and you know just all these like very unhealthy behaviors just because I was really so unhappy. So I walked away cold turkey um, over 11 years ago now and did not know what was next, but what transpired in the last 11 years has been quite miraculous. Where fast forward to today, where I have a, a, a thriving business as a business and soul coach and work with entrepreneurs all over the world. And it's kind of this crazy journey that got me here, but it's it's really that courage of that 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 leaving that thing that was no longer exciting or inspiring for me, that was the catalyst for all the change in my life. And when you were on the show once, we talked about this where it's like Okay, so if you're in that situation, you're like, well, if it, I do it and it doesn't work, or or what if I do all of this and then I have to go back into the industry I hated? Uh, I love it. You're like, uh, then you're exactly where you started. So what's the problem? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's can we just touch thing. on that a little bit, <laughs> yeah. like just to inspire people? <laughs> that's so funny. I forgot about that because it is true. It's like I always like to play out what's the worst worst case scenario, and if it's the worst case scenario is. You're going to walk away from a career you're totally not happy in and try something new and really follow your heart and your inspiration and your skill sets. And it, for some reason, doesn't work out and you have to step back into a different job, you know, again, maybe not doing what you love. Like that's, if that's your worst case scenario, you have nothing to lose because you're already in your worst case scenario. You're already living it. So like, who cares? Just go do something different and then you'll find out. Life will show you immediately your next steps, basically, because life gives you immediate feedback. And so you'll know, but, but you can't, it's like, you can't make changes. You know, I think that's what we're going to talk about today is like, you can't make changes without taking scary action steps because life doesn't work that way. It's like, if you're working out at the gym and you want to lift heavier weights, you don't get stronger by lifting the same weights every day. The only way you get stronger is by trying to lift the heavier weights. And it's probably going to be too heavy at first. And you're like, oh my God, I can't do it. Or maybe you can, who knows? But eventually you will lift that weight, but you're not going to do it by just staying where you are. And it's the same thing with anything in life. 
Yeah, let's get into why scary action steps and let's talk about what might be considered that uh, will get you everything you need to succeed. Yeah, I love this because I work with so many creative entrepreneurs. So uh, I work with lots of different coaches, health coaches and life coaches and business coaches and uh, internet coaches, all kinds of things. And I work with like real estate agents and lawyers and really anyone who's a, you know, some sort of entrepreneur. And everyone wants to move forward in their business. I mean, that's the name of the game, right? None of us are like, you know, no client has ever come to me and said, you know what, I, I make, I have plenty of money. <laughs> Let's you know, like, I'm good. <laughs> like no matter what you are, like everyone wants to make more money. So I'm like, I get it. Right. So in order to actually grow your business and make more money and make the impact that you want to make, it doesn't happen by doing the things you've always done. So one thing that I always do with clients, I mean, I basically have four, four pillars that I work with clients around and that's clarity, strategy, confidence, and soul. And in order to, in my experience, to have a really successful business and life, because I, you know, I work, the way we do business is the way we do life. So my own whole intention is to helping people get their life in order, their business is in order, all of it. So in order to do that, you have to have those four pillars. You have to have clarity of where, what you want to do. You have to have strategy of how you're going to get there. You have to have the confidence to do it to like take these scary action steps. And then you got to have the soul. You got to have this like connection to something, God, spirit, universe, source, whatever you want to call it in order to continue fueling that, this, this, you know, beautiful experience of life. So the scary action steps come up in, in my, in the second pillar of strategy. Cause once you start in a strategy of what you want to create, you, ha- the scary, you have to take these courageous action steps. So for instance, if I have a client who is uh, a real estate agent that wants to, you know, build her business and, uh, move into another, like, uh, move into higher level homes in a different market, you know, in a, a higher market and some more homes, well, she's not going to get it done by doing the things she's always done. So in any business anywhere in the world, like the most important thing to build a business is relationships. I mean, it doesn't matter what you do. You're, you're all, if you're in sales of some sort, your, your business is built on relationships. At some point along the line, you have to have, you have to enhance, you have to strengthen, you have to create relationships. So in order to build business beyond what you've had, you have to either strengthen relationships, make new relationships, something. So I see this all the time. So for instance, with my real estate client, I'm like, okay, who do you need to call? Who is like a scary action step for you to call that someone that maybe is in your, um, you know, your, the office that you work in, but is like a really high level that you'd like to mentor you? Do you need to call a friend who's, you know, maybe let's call it very wealthy and has never yet referred anyone to you that has a lot of, you know, homes that they could or friends that they could refer you to? You know, it's like, who do you need to call that would be, that that's that's you that will help you build your courage. And so what I would do with a client like that is like, you know, kind of make this list of like what are these scary action steps you need to do, even if it's like going door to door, you know, real estate agents like they don't want to like knock on doors, but sometimes that's what has to be done in order to create new business. So it's it's starting with those scary action steps because they are only scary in our mind. Once we do it, it's not scary anymore. In speaking about these scary action steps, it's like you don't have to do all of them at once, right? You list them out and you just do one so that you can see it wasn't so bad. Or even if you didn't get a reaction that you liked, you did it. 
It never hurts to ask. It never hurts to try. And if you're in sales, that's the name of the game. Yeah, definitely. You do, you don't want to do them all at once because it'll like blow you out. <laughs> and um, but it's it's literally with anything. It's taking it one step at a time. So with coaches, I know there's a lot of coaches that listen to this podcast, and so you know it's that is a you know that's a hundred percent a relationship business. So what do you have to do? Is it consistently uh, posting to Instagram? Is it doing videos? Videos are a huge thing for as business builders, but people are so scared to do it. So for instance, that could be a scary action step literally for anyone anyone that has a business because videos are the most powerful thing in social media today. So for instance, a scary action step could be to make a video for Instagram, make a minute, a 60 second video for your Instagram feed. That's right there is a huge step to commit to that, to doing it, to putting it up. Those are all going to be, they're going to feel really uncomfortable, but they're going to actually in the end, like I say, build the confidence and shift your, start shifting your mindset. Because part of this is like, is brain science basically is like training the brain because the minute we go out, see, we are, our, our body is set up for survival. So our whole psyche, our emotional, you know, physical, everything is set up to like keep us safe. So the minute we start stepping outside that comfort zone, our body and our, our psyche registers that as there's a saber toothed tiger chasing me. So, so I'm going <laughs> to run because in the past when we were, you know, cavemen, that was true. We had to stay in our comfort zone. If we ventured too far out in the field, there might be a saber toothed tiger there. So the fear was real, but we don't live in that world anymore. So, it's, but that's how our body registers it. So anytime, so people like, uh, you know, it's like, um, I find people are resistant to actually taking these courageous action steps because it's so uncomfortable. And I'm like, yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable. It, there's like, there's no way around it. You're going to have fear. You're going to be uncomfortable. You're probably going to fail, but that's, you know, one or two times, whatever. I'm not saying you will, but like it's, it's part of the game. If you want to really take your business and your career to to the next level of what you want it to be, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be comfortable because you're going outside your comfort zone. You're going against your like survival instincts. Tell us an example of either like yourself at some point in your life that you can reflect on in hindsight or something with the client you worked with where like, what was a scary action step? What was their fear around it? And then what was the end result and how they processed it afterwards when they're like, oh my God, I can't even believe that was scary. I just, you know what I mean? Like one of those. Yeah. So I work with, um, like I work with, um, a lot of coaches. So I was working with a health coach, a health and fitness expert, and she was obviously wanting to build her business. Oh, this is perfect. She needed to raise her rates. And because I, when we started working together, I, I was like, I'm sorry, your rate is what? <laughs> and she, and I was like, honey, like nice. you can't make a living, you know, like we got to, but she was, that was what she had charged. I'm going to make this up. I don't even remember, but it was like, call it like $75 an hour with her. And it was, which was fine for when she started, but her skill set and her expertise and where she is in her career is, is much more valuable than that price point. So again, it doesn't matter what the price point is, but it's just like, we all have like a a price point, a set point of what we're um, used to making basically and used to receiving. And so when we were talking about raising her rates with clients, with existing clients and with new clients coming in, you know, I was like, well, first of all, 
let's start to package your expertise. So you're not charging like $75 a session because that's, that's, um, that's a different mentality. But when you're coaching, it's more of creating a package, a, an experience for your client so that they're, they're getting a whole experience and they're more invested in the whole experience with you. So when she, she was like, Oh, I don't know if I can, you know, it's a package that'd be asking for more money. And like, then it's hundred, you know, if they're going to do call it, you know, three months or six months with her, it's hundreds of dollars. And to raise the rates, it would be more. Right. And so she, she got it though. She understood it, but she was so scared. She's like, well, how am I going to talk to my existing clients? And what am I going to say to new clients? So the practice was the scary action step was when anyone came in that was new for coaching, she would say this higher rate. And again, I I don't remember the specifics, but let's call it, it was a a $3,000 package. And so that was a whole new number for her to say, to say, you know, three months with me is $3,000 and here's what's going to happen. And we're going to do this, this, and this, and this is what you're going to experience. But that was scary because she was so used to being in an hourly model. But the practice was just to get the words out of her mouth. And this is where, this is where the uncomfortableness comes in. Cause I was like, honey, you're not going to be comfortable. You're probably going to like say those, that number and like, inside yourself, probably going to freak out when you say it. Because again, it's outside our comfort zone. But that was that was a scary action step she had to take in order to get to the next level. So the practice was, okay, the next new client, you know, break it down. Like the next new client that comes in, that's the rate that you tell them. And that's all you have to do right now. You don't have to worry about your existing clients. You don't, just this one new client that's coming in. And so she did. So she said this rate of, you know, $3,000 for three months. And here's what it looks like. Blah, blah, blah. And she said it enough times that A, it became normal, that the now it now that's easy. And B, somebody finally paid it. Like, I don't know, maybe she talked to three people and then somebody paid that three thousand dollars. And then she was like, Oh, like I can do this. But unless she would have stepped out of her comfort zone and actually did the thing that was so scary for her, she never would have raised her rates and gotten and created this really cool package and made more money and been of service to people in a more powerful way. You know, it's really great that you brought up the whole increasing the rates situation as a coach. It is an awkward scenario. It's it's never not going to be like you said. Yeah. But on the same note too, what inevitably happens is people usually don't bat an eyelash you find out, you know, the future ones don't, right, you know, because they didn't know what the old rate was. And even then, so when you're in that mode, it's such a vibrational self-value, self-worth thing that it, I've, I've never seen it go wrong. Do you know what I mean? It's like, because the vibration you're putting forward, if in a true, honest way, not like I'm going to try to scam people for three, right? But yeah. you know, I mean, <clears throat> with integrity, that is such a, hey, I'm worth this. And you're putting out, like, that's self-worth. That can't go wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. It's it's definitely self-worth and self-value and self-esteem building. And yeah, no matter what happens, you're, you're winning because you're building that self-esteem and you're building that self-worth. So the end result is not as important as what's happening within you. And eventually... So you're, you are, you're raising your vibration, you're raising your point of view of self and what you provide and the value that you provide. And, and again, like you say, all with integrity of what, of what you do with your coach or whatever it is you do. 
And so it's going to get reflected because life, life is always reflecting us. It's always reflecting me to me. So the more that I embrace my own value and my own worth, the more that life is going to reflect that I am embracing that value and worth, which then can be reflected in money transactions because we're all in a business of money transactions somehow, some way. Absolutely. How do you even, let's get back to how do you even get unstuck to get into the action? I mean, yeah, you can always be like, okay, here's the list, do the thing. What are some ways though, that if you're really stuck or you're paralyzed in procrastination or in just, again, fear of like finally doing that first IG, you know, video? Yeah. So I find with the, when, when, when someone is stuck, there's a couple things happening. First of all, there's not clarity because what happens is, you know, the mind will stay in a spin in order to not have to do something. That's what procrastination is. It's not like, you know, let's say <laughs> I'm really great at this one. <laughs> so like <laughs> it's, um, it's not that I don't. So I have a lot of um, technical stuff I do. I do a lot of online marketing, which I totally love, but it's very heady. It's very dense. It's very technical. And that's not my wheelhouse. I'm a creative, but I, but I do it because I like to learn about it. But so for me to sit down and do technical stuff is like, it's not like, you know, I'd rather go for a walk at the beach and I'd rather do anything but that. I'd rather, you know, work with a client than do this. So I will procrastinate and procrastinate because, because I don't want to do it basically because it's heady and it's dense. So the, the thing that helps me get out of that, so I'm stuck. So I'm in procrastination. I'm stuck. I'm not do. I'm not in action as thing that I need to be in action around. But what I find is what happens is the mind wants to stay in the spin and in the overwhelm. So what it will do in, in my experience, it will like, it will push up every distraction I could possibly think of. You know, when I'm like, okay, today I got to do this thing on my computer. And it's like, oh, well, I don't feel good. Or, oh, my, uh, you know, oh, I don't have the paper that I need to do it. Or, oh my gosh, I got to clean my house now. Or, oh, I got to make another phone call to a client. You know, it'll, it'll pick up <laughs> every distraction. I got to get my nails in, whatever it is. It doesn't even matter. It's, so the mind wants to stay in that spin so it doesn't have to do this thing. So the antidote to that is complete clarity of what the task is, like the very next step, because uh, here's another example. You're, most people are trying to get, are so busy trying to get from A to Z. So for instance, if you're building your business as a coach, you're trying to get to, let's call it your first six figure year. That's a kind of a marker for a lot of coaches. You could be doing a lot more than that. It doesn't, again, it doesn't matter what the number is, but we all have a number. But what I find is, so let's say you want to get to your first six figure year, but you're trying to get from A to Z from where you are now. Let's say you make 50 grand now and you want to get to hundred grand. Maybe you make 250,000 and you want to get to 500,000. Again, the numbers don't matter. It's just, it's all relative, but you're trying to get from A to Z. And what happens is there's so many steps in there that your mind will shut down because it goes into overwhelm. So in order to, utilize these amazing minds that we have and these amazing brains. Again, so much of this is mindset and brain science. The antidote, the way you get through this, the way you get unstuck and into action is first of all, you get really, really, really clear about what the goal is that you want to create. So if your goal, this is where um, 
most most people don't aren't even clear in what that goal is. So most most people will say that when they come to work with me, they'll say, I want to make more money. And I say, well, I can give you a dollar and then you've made more money. But is that what you really want? And then they're like, oh, no, no, no. So it's like just saying you want to make more money doesn't mean anything. It does. It's nothing. It's just air. It doesn't mean anything. So the first thing is to get really clear in what you actually do want to create. So let's say you're like, oh, okay, wait now. Okay. Get it. Yes, I do. I do want to make a hundred thousand dollars in a year. Great. We there. Then we have clarity. Then we have something to go on. Right. But then there's all those steps to get there. So again, the mind's going to shut down because it doesn't understand. It's, you're not giving it like um, a thing to do. You're giving it like a bunch of things to do. And the mind only is in the present. And the mind can only actually focus on one task at a time. We think we can multitask, but it's actually not true. We can only focus on one thing at a time. I'm talking to you right now. I can't type on my computer. I can't text. I can't, I would, I can't do multiple things at a time, even though I think I can't. So Basically, in order to to make that shift, you have to think about going, instead of going from A to Z, you have to think about going from A to B. So what's the very next step that's going to move you forward? So if it's building your business, it's not, I need to do Instagram posts. I need to email my list. I need to call these people. I need to work on my skill sets. It's not that because that's too many things. Your mind will be like, forget it. Like, we're just going to take a nap because that's just too many things to think about. (laughs) (laughs) Nap it out. Exactly, nap it out. (laughs) So so you break it down into the smallest next steps you can figure out. So if it's to, let's say, you know, social media is a big thing to talk about now. So let's say it's to make, let's say it's to make posts on Instagram in the next week. So you break that down into what's the smallest next steps? Is it to just look at your calendar and see like what's coming up and like what important things are happening in the world that you can relate to your Instagram feed? That's a step. Is it uh, that you already have something that you already have? Oh, you know, well, no, this is actually appropriate for your audience because it's, um, it's like, what are the, what are the challenges that your clients are having? No matter what business you're in, I'm always like, you got to figure out the challenges. So that's one step is to sit down and write out the questions that people ask you and the challenges that they're having. Like that's one step. So you see. When you- yeah. And it can be even so small, like, you know, cause I'm just thinking about social media now as we're talking and I'm thinking, wow, you know, a lot of people put inspirational quotes or things, you know, quotes from in the, whatever topic of field they're in, you know, it could be marketing, you have quotes about sales, whatever, but one of the action steps might be just sit down and Google quotes about a certain topic and just kind of gather them on a page. You don't even need to put them in a post yet, but you've done something because I've been there because, you know, I do post inspirational quotes and otherwise, and I've been like, okay, you know, like what are, what's a good soup of stuff I'm going to want to maybe share. Um, And that could just be a step that's so small. It seems so not threatening, you know what yeah. I mean? But you, but you're doing the research behind it. And then also too, it's a lot of pre-preparation. Now you've got a bunch of quotes ready to go for when you're going to make those posts, yeah. you know? So it could be something just so my, you know, in the minutia of it, that still is an accomplishment that can then build your, you know, like you said, build the momentum in a way to get further. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Breaking it down to the very smallest next thing that's how you're going to get unstuck and into action. Because then you start knocking out those small steps and you're like, oh, like I'm in momentum and this feels good. And then you're inspired to get to be even more in momentum. 
And, you know, all of this is, uh, is, you know, some of it's rooted in fear, et cetera. And this kind of goes into the, you know, how to stop playing small and step into your power. You know, there's so many people that want to, like you said, not kind of hang in this ether. They want to get up to the selling the big homes for multi-millions of dollars or whatever your field is, increase your rates, right? Get more clients. How do you stop playing small? Or, or give me an example of some of the things that have come out of people's mouths where you're like, oh boy, that's a playing small attitude. Ah, oh, I love this topic because it's rampant. Because I hear this from people who come to work with me. A lot of people come to work with me because they see my confidence and my living out loud, let's call it, and my playing big. And that's attractive to people. So a lot of clients come to me because they're like, you've got this thing we want. So like, you're the person I need to learn it from, which I get. And I'm like, yeah, yep. good. Right. Like I, I can, I, sh- I do You're have like, I'm glad you gathered that. Yes. Right? That's me. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the, the, um, kind of the myth around this is that you're born like, like someone could look at someone like me and be like, well, she's just been confident her whole life. So like, it's easier for her. And I'm like, oh no, girl, no, 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 no. Please do not think that because it's learned to really own your power and be, be unapologetic about it. I don't think any of us are born with this, like, I'm just going to be awesome and like do cool things and live in my power and share it and shine it. Cause we don't, we're not brought up in a culture that supports that or encourages that. So how, well, how, and even the most, even the most confident among us, I'm, you know, it's, it's a topic I talk about, et cetera, but here's the thing there, even the most confident people still have, or have had to overcome some arena in their life where confidence was lacking. It doesn't mean that the overall isn't there, but there's something we've all been through it. And, you know, and I know as a performer, because um, if people who aren't listening to the Arian, Arian and I have been on television, we are SAG-AFTRA uh, union actors. But, you know, people used to ask me, you know, like, well, how, how do you like not act nervous? Like, how are you not nervous before an audition? And I was like, here's the thing. It's not that you may not be feeling a little bit of that inside. It's that you act like you're not nervous because you're an actor. So how about you go in there and the first job you do is you act like you're not nervous. I mean, that's really the sell right there because you and I have both been in casting offices and people, I've seen people not get a job even though they're a brilliant actor for a really important role because the comment in the room was, yeah, he's too green because they came in there a little bit unsure of themselves or a little green and nobody wants someone like that on a big set with millions of dollars entrusted to that project, right? They want someone who's confident. So you can build it. And it doesn't have to be outward, right? I mean, you and I are outwardly confident. We can go speak in front of thousands of people. We have no problems <laughs> acting or whatever. That doesn't mean, though, you and I don't have moments. I have moments, I'm sure you have too, where you're like, who am I kidding? Who do I think I am? <laughs> like right before a performance. And you have to, you know, cheerlead yourself into like, hold on a minute. That's just ego and fear popping up. What am I doing? You know, I, 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 we, I have had to midway coach myself on the way to a stage, you know, so, so, and I'm really confident. So, so it's, it's even all of us have these moments, but it can be built and it can be practiced. And so you don't have to be inherently confident or have been raised that way. And also too, if you're not in sales and you're not in the business of doing videos and being out there confidence is still really important, whatever game you're in. And it doesn't have to be loud confidence. You know, like I've said, some of the most confident people I know are the quietest people in the room. That is an incredibly stable, grounded, down-to-earth confidence. 
that people don't have to be outwardly confident like us either, but you need both to have a good life. You can't be outwardly confident and then a total mess on the inside, which a lot of people are. And, and you can't, you know what I mean? And you can't be confident on the inside and expect to achieve great things in life if you're not willing to take a step further outside yourself and become a little bit more outwardly confident. Um, so I don't know, maybe we can just go yeah. into that a little bit. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's so, you're so right on and it's, the thing about the confidence and let's call it the inner, the inner experience of confidence, that's, um, yeah, it doesn't have to be outward at all. It can, you can still be like an introvert, but still have, you know, experience yourself as confident. And this is where the, 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 the owning your power and really living it, playing a bigger game of life. This is where the opportunity is no matter what you're doing, because when your purpose I don't, let me think of a different word. I don't really like the word purpose. But when you're, uh, whatever you're here to do on the planet, however you're here to serve, in whatever business you are, because whatever business you're in, you're serving in some way. You're serving people in some way, whatever it is you're doing. And so when you can key into that of, of how am I being of service to my clients, to my customers, to the public, to whoever, you know, to my family, whatever it is, then, then you get a different perspective of, of you're doing a disservice to your clients, customers, friends, family, when you're not in your full power. And it's, I'm not saying power, like greedy power, taking over things. I'm talking your innate self experience of, of bringing your light and again, being unapologetic about bringing it, no matter how that looks to you. I remember I was working with, um, actually a primal health coach and, uh, she's awesome. And she's like, so smart and so got it together and a really, really good coach. But she was so not, um, she was newer and she, so she was really timid in, in sharing that and she like share. And I see this with a lot cause I, I coach a lot of primal health coaches and, um, I have over the years. And so I see this when they're, they're timid about sharing their expertise because pe- here's what people say, who am I to share this? Like, I don't, I don't know yeah. everything, right? I don't know as much as Mark Sisson and I'm like, P.S., you're not gonna. So don't worry about it. Like, right? Like, <laughs> uh, P.S., we're never, <laughs> none of us are ever gonna. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So it's that, uh, so that the, tim- the being timid, of course, we all have that when we're starting something new. That totally makes sense. But you've, but you've got to work through that in order to serve in a powerful way. Because if you stay in your smallness and your timidness, you're not helping people heal as a health coach, right? Like, <laughs> like you're hurting people by not being confident. Damn it. You're hurting, <laughs> yeah. you're hurting people by not being confident in your power. <laughs> so it, in order to like, I think when you can understand, Oh, so the woman I was working with, when we were working on this, she was this thing, who am I to do this? I don't know that much. I don't know as much as so-and-so. And I'm like, but you, all you have to do is be one step ahead of your clients. You don't have to be 10 steps ahead of them just one step and then you can help people. So I think that's where it's kind of the owning your power comes in. If you don't have to be somewhere that you're not, just own the skill sets that you have and own how you are of service to people. 
and what you do with people and what people say to you that you're really, you know, it's like listening. What do people say to you that you're really good at? What do your friends and family tell you that you help them with? What do your clients say to you about you? And once you start listening to that, then you're like, oh, like I am bringing value in this way of whatever it is I'm doing. And it helps bring that empowerment in of, of you get to stand in that fullness of self and, and share it with others. And that is so sexy when you're in that. It is so desirable and clients will come to you so much quicker and easier when you're standing in that, that inner knowing that you're living in your fullness. You're playing a bigger game of life. That's really attractive to people. Yeah, it absolutely is the difference between people trusting you as well. People trust people who are confident in themselves and their information or just themselves, the presentation of it, right? Um, the extreme opposite of that is con men, right? People trust yes. these people who give them thousands of money just because they've the confidence of that person while false and out of integrity and malintent is still instilling trust and confidence in someone else. So how am I supposed to trust you if you don't trust yourself, right? And yeah. if that that shows through in every way. Also on the playing small bit, a lot of people do this with salaries and things like this. So I want to talk about that in terms of money, which is, you know, years ago, there was someone who, when I first started working for Mark, they they were looking for a job at the time. And I used to be a recruiter. So I was helping them with their resume and everything and talking about salaries. And I said, well, listen, you know, how much do you want to make? And they said, well, I mean, you know, like, I don't need to make like Mark Sisson money. I mean, I'd, I'd just be good with like, maybe, I don't know. I mean, like, you know, two, $250,000 a year would be. And I said, well, is that all that you want to make? And they're like, well, no, but okay. So right there. Now, here's the thing. You don't have to at that moment be like, well, I'm going to be shooting to be a billionaire. Okay. But here's the thing. But would you want to be one? So consider that for a second. Because the other thing too is, is that, if you're capping your life salary out at 250 or whatever, it doesn't matter, you know, at whatever level of belief you're at. Um, and I just said that's playing small. And and help me with maybe going through the motions of this one, Arian, but it's like when I look at this, I see, well, you get to one benchmark first, right? Mm-hmm. Like maybe you get to your 150 or your 200, mm-hmm. and then you can go from there to keep playing bigger because – the name of the game, and you know, Arian and I, who are versed and love the subject of law of attraction and intention, part of it is what's believable to you. Like I always tell the story that I win contests, and because the odds in those contests, <laughs> because the odds in those contests are usually believable. But the reason I probably haven't won the lottery yet is because the odds are like one in a gajillion, right? And so it's harder to wrap the belief around those odds. If I could, I'm sure I might even win. But again, it's so what's believable for you? So if you can't shoot for like, oh, well, I want to be a multimillionaire you know, shoot for as high as you think is believable for you to start. Does that make sense? You know, because God, the playing small, I mean, that guy just totally capped out his life in front of me at a very young age, by the way, he was only 32 at the time. And I thought, really? All you, that's all you're good. You're, you're okay with that. But he was settling, right? It's like, well, I don't need that. I'd be okay with this. So, so get into that. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's, we are not taught to live in desire. We are not taught, we are taught in our culture. I love USA. Uh, it's, I'm so happy to live here. And I've seen, I'm from the Midwest. I'm from Kansas and Oklahoma. My little accent's going to come out now when I say that. <laughs> and, it, you know, I'm, I was taught to go to college and get a job and maybe I like it and maybe I don't and get married and have a couple kids. And that's kind of the, like 
the the dream in USA. You know, it's it it's I'm not saying it is for every single person, but we're not taught, we're not brought up with like wow, like what do you really want to create? Like what is really inspiring to you? If you could just do anything in your life, what would you want to do? So the first step, because when I ask people this, I, and I always ask people this, and um, I'll, I'll talk about this in a minute, but I have an awesome free um, giveaway for everyone listening because it'll walk you exactly through what we're talking about right now. So I'm so glad you asked about this. So it's really, it's like sitting with yourself and saying, what do I really want? And that want word, want, desire, whatever you want to call it, it's it's something that is not a normal thing for us to inquire within ourselves. So that's why that guy was capping himself at 250,000 because he really hasn't ever, no one's ever asked him like, what do you really want to create? So what he can think of, what he can wrap his head around, is like 250,000, which that's what he can wrap around just because it's it's not been invited yet to, to expand even more. So when you when you really sit with yourself with piece of paper and go, what do I really want to experience in this life? Like if I could just paint the picture, what does that look like? And let that be okay. If you want to, and I'm not saying, because you're just like, you're not going to like get everything you want. Like nobody has, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's, but you get to dream about it. You get to play with it. It's not, you're not, you're not, you're not saying like, I'm committing to doing this. I'm attached to doing this. It's just like letting yourself play in that dream, in that visioning. If you want to have a helicopter, great. Like write down, like, I, I'm so excited to have a helicopter. If you want to live in a like when LA, we need it, right? Call me when you get the helicopter, whoever's out there. Right. You want to live in Tahiti? Like whatever. Like I want to live in Italy three months out of the year. I love Italy. And I'm like, I've never thought that. I've never thought that until like two years ago. And then I was like, oh my God, why, why not? You know, like it's possible. So once you start to let yourself dream and go into what do I really want? What do I really desire? Then you're opening up the possibility. So it's not even that you have to have the belief yet that you can do it. It's just, are you open to the possibility of creating it? Because once you start going, it's possible it's possible I could create that, then you're already ahead of the game. Instead of saying, I could never create it, you're like, it's possible. And then you can move into belief at some point. But there, you know, it's a little process there. So for me, I'm always encouraging clients to live in that possibility and live in that desire because that desire is what fuels us. It's what, like right now, like for me, good example, I'm like, I've got to make X non, I, I, my intention is to make X number of dollars a year because I want to take all my girlfriends on a trip to Italy. Like I love to yeah. take my friends traveling. I can't wait to get everyone on a plane first class and go to Italy for a week. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I've got to make a certain dollar amount in order to do that. So that excites me. I've never taken my friends on a trip overseas like that. And I was like, why not? I'm not doing it today, but it's possible. So I get to live in the desire around that. And that is going to inspire me to show up in my work in a more powerful way as well. And people would say, well, you know, right, you can like live in this daydream world, but that's not realistic. And the realistic goes along with the how. Start dreaming first. You do not need to know how you're going to pay for that helicopter. But start imagining what you're going to do with the helicopter. How are you going to utilize it? Are you going to like take full ownership and like be buffing that thing out and waxing it like in the, in the air, in the winger, like hair. I mean, what are you going to do? Just play with it. Like being that fun visioning. I think the, 
the daydreaming and the dreaming for better has been lost because people end up falling into the practicality of some profession that has a track to it. And so then they're like, yeah, but I'm not going to like go get off this track to do something else. And we're not saying you have to jump ship like mm-hmm. Arian did and cold Turkey, it, but you can still be pursuing a love on the side in some way without even having, and you know, this is also another thing that trips people up, Arian. They, they can't figure out how they're going to get, make the money at the thing. Yeah. Do it anyway. Who cares? Do it anyway. I don't, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And so like, it doesn't, if you want to be an actor, don't worry about how you're going to make money as an actor. You know, just go uh, be one. Yes, never worry about that. Cause <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a crapshoot. That's, exactly. that's what we call winning the Screen Actors Guild lottery. It's like, you know, hey, the odds are very, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I love that for anything that you're, I, I hear you of like, if you're in a career where you're, let's say, working in a, 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 co- a company and there's like a track of, you know, um, the management positions or whatever, and you're in that track, it's like, it's, it's not bad. It's totally great. Like if that's what you're in, awesome. But you also get to, you know, you get to have your life outside of that and you get to, you get to have those, you know, the things you do on the side that are really inspiring to you, whether it's having a little health coaching business or, you know, you know, acting in community theater or something or singing or whatever, painting, whatever it is, all your, your interests and that they don't have to be money makers. They can be to fuel you. And then if you, because sometimes you're not, sometimes you're going to stay in that company for a long time and you're not going to have a career doing something else. And that's fine. But it's if you're in that track in a company, you still get to have visions and dreams. And what I mean by that is of how you want to experience your 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 business in your company. Like so you so to not get stuck in the rut of like, uh, oh, this is blah blah blah. Well no, you get to change your experience of how you are in that in that job. And that's where visioning comes in too. So if you're unhappy and like what's happening in your company with you, with your experience of what's happening, you get to start visioning and creating, you know, there's all kinds of tools to do this. I I do a thing called ideal scenes. There's affirmations. I'm really a big fan of doing um, subconscious meditations to really shift the inner world. That's, that's super important. So there's all these different things that, you know, can be vision boards. I mean, all of it, all of it works, all of it helps. Like it's great. And cause because there's, you've got to also address some of the limiting beliefs in there that are holding you back. Those doubts and fears that pop up. But I always say, like, we have 80,000 thoughts a day that come through our head. You don't have to believe all of them. Like, you know, that's where people get stuck is they have a, you know, oh, I want to I want to uh, create this thing in my job. Oh, I can't do that. Like, let's say I'm making this up. But like you work in a company and you're like, I really see an opportunity for, uh, you know, to help people with their goals, like to really like help people understand how to create goals and how to get there. Oh, but our company doesn't do that. So they've never done that. So there's no way I could do that. Like you just shut it down, right? You have the inspiration, the inspired thought, and then the old beliefs come in and the old fears and doubts and resistance and shut it down. So this is where the opportunity is to shift that by A, not grabbing onto that belief, not grabbing onto that thought. It's a practice. But once you understand that you have 80,000 thoughts a day going through your head, they aren't all important. So you get to start loosening up on them. Yeah, I'm really uh, glad you brought this up. I'm thinking about an example too where it can come at you. They don't necessarily need to be self-manufactured, meaning 
uh, pressures of others. So when I was publishing the book, uh, a couple of friends of mine, you know, were like, oh, you got to do this. You got to do that. You've got to like, you know, just, just for like in terms of promoting the book and stuff. And I was like, you know what, actually, um, I, I don't. Those are good. Those are good. Those are great. Those are great. And, and I'll probably do some of those. But also, I believe in another belief system over here that I can also vibrationally have it roll out naturally. And it did. And it all worked out really wow. perfectly. And I look back and I go, you know, I didn't have to do those things. You know, I did other things, yeah. but I didn't, but you know, sometimes you get people who are seemingly a subject expert in marketing or whatever it is. And so you can get the pressure from someone else too, that's limiting your possibilities. And again, not to succumb to believing in those limitations. I didn't. And also it seemed very stressful the way that they were like, you know, in like kind of their, their approach. And I was like, this sounds like very stressful, hardcore. And I feel like I've gotten here because of another way. So I don't kind of believe in the way that people always do it. You know, I feel there's always room for something different. And I've always thought that way because I didn't get to where I am right now because of a, uh, you know, benchmark system, right? <laughs> you know, and neither yeah. did you. Yeah. 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 It's so true. Cause it's, um, that's, I, I'm, I'm glad you said that because what, what happens a lot is let's say you're married or, well, let's just say you're married because that, I mean, you know, a lot of people are married. And so if your spouse isn't supportive of what you're doing and, or your fam or, or your family, because this happened, I see this too with clients. They'll, they're like, my family doesn't understand. And they think I'm crazy for like, go, you know, tr doing this thing. And, uh, and so then it's, it's uncomfortable because you're like, wait, my spouse doesn't really understand what I'm doing. My family doesn't really understand what I'm doing. So like, how do I continue to show up and do this thing when people are like, what are you doing? So it's, uh, you know, it's like, again, like I'm from the Midwest, like, you know, 10 years ago when I'm like, I'm, a, yeah, I'm a life coach. People are like, what? Like, what, what is that? You know, like, like my family was like, uh, you know, don't really know what that is. But then through the years, they, they understand. But, um, so if you're in that situation where there's, so whether it's in your career of a boss or coworkers that aren't supportive or your family or your spouse or whatever, that is where the, the inner strength comes in so powerfully to, um, how do I say this? Understand, to really understand that your experience of life gets to be yours. This is where the empowerment comes in. Your experience of life is not dependent on someone else's opinion of you. You get to have your life and your excitement and your inspiration and your dreams, and everyone else gets to come along for the ride if they want to or not, but they don't have to. So even if you're in a marriage where, uh, I remember like I was listening to an Abraham Hicks thing about this, and they were like, you know, if your spouse is like, I don't know, what are you doing? I don't think you can do that. You get to be like, that's okay. Like you get to think that and like, I'm, I'm doing it. So like you, you can be on the ride or not and it's fine either way. So it's, it's, it's creating that strong sense of self that does not get drugged down by others' opinions. And I'm not saying it's an easy thing to do, but once you start- but it's going to happen. Yeah. It, it's going to happen and you have to prepare and be aware that when you reach out on your own, you're part of that kind of challenge you might be given are the naysayers along the way yeah. or the downers 
that you're going to have to, you know, climb over and find an alternate route through this sea of uh, negative Nancy's out there, you know? Yeah, because yes, because first of all, what other people think of you has nothing to do with you. And that's, this is a tricky um, concept for people to understand. But what I think of you, L, has nothing to do with you, L. It has to do with my perception of life, my belief systems, my judgments, my fears, my joys, all of my past comes into this moment for me to look at you and make my own decisions about you. But it's not about you. Because you could, I could look at you, I'm just using you as an example because we're talking right now, but like I could look at you and I don't know, say, she works too hard. She shouldn't work that hard. That, that <laughs> lady just works too hard. But I'm making this up, right? But I could easily say that. But like, does that have anything to do with you? You might be like, I love, because I love everything I do and I'm, oh my God, like I, I want to work more. You know, like I, I can't wait to work more. So my experience of you has nothing to do with you. It's my experience because maybe I've worked too hard in my life and I'm like, oh, I'm just tired. I don't want to work that hard. And then therefore I think no one else should either, whatever it is. So that's where you get to um, separate yourself from the naysayers is that the, it doesn't have anything to do with you. Their judgments and their beliefs are theirs and you get to have yours. So when you can start understanding that, you're going to be a lot stronger in your path and start to be like, oh, they're saying that thing, but it, it just let it can bounce off of you easier. Yeah. And or then, like I told you before, I use it to fuel me where I'm like, oh, thank you. Yeah. You you're good at great heights. Like you just like, like I just, re- I actually really do. I kind of, I'm not like I'm asking for it, but if, if I, if you get one of those, I'm always like, oh, that's good. Thank you. <laughs> good. Cause I'm going to do it even more now. Yeah. You are, you're really good at that. You do use it to fool you. And that's great. Like you get to turn it around for fuel, which I love. Yeah, um, it's, it's really, the sooner everyone gets to not giving a crap about, now here's the fine line. So I've mentioned this before, which is, yeah, this this concept we're talking about, everyone, you know, says in different ways, but the way that I experience it is, uh, well, I use an example, there was like a question on a dating site or something, and it said, what's the one thing you wish people would notice more about you? And my answer was, um, I don't have this wish because it involves caring about what other people think of me, and all I care about is what I think of me. And, uh, and so here's the thing about that. So people be like, well, that's not really true. I like, of course I care what the audience thinks of me. I want people to listen and love the show and love primal and, you know, um, appreciate my work. But I guess what is reputation matters, right. In work and business. But here's the thing. I probably wouldn't think so highly of myself. if I was out there being a jerk in life and being out of integrity and being a horrible employer. What you know, like, you know, all those things, I probably really wouldn't, you know, because deep down inside those people don't feel good about themselves, even if on the outside, they claim not to. So at the end of the day, all that really does matter is that I feel good about me. So if there's something about you out there listening where where you're not there yet, then what are the things that you don't feel good about you? And then are there things that you can change? You know, like if you don't like a certain quality about yourself, maybe you need to start to change that or whatever that is. But at the end of the day, you really shouldn't care. I mean, we do, we live in a society like, of course, reputation and no one would buy my books if I wasn't out there and credible. But at the end of the day, it, it it can't matter, right? Because let's say you go nuts one day and call me up and call me the C word and hang up. I mean, it's going to hurt and I'm going to probably shed some tears and be like, what the hell just happened? But I would ultimately probably mo- call some friends and we'd move to the point of like, her opinion of you doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Especially if it's out of nowhere. If you've wronged someone, make it right. We're not talking about concrete, Right. You know, but it just the sooner we get to 
caring as little as we can about what other people think of us or in the face of it, still carry forward and move on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think the path of an entrepreneur is it's not for the faint of heart. And and just the path of creating your, it doesn't even matter if you're an entrepreneur, it's more the path of just being, having your strong sense of self and that, mm-hmm. and that empowered, right? Living a, living a bigger life within yourself and playing a bigger game. That's not for the faint of heart because it is, you are going to, um, some people aren't going to like that. And that's where you get to go. That's okay. If someone doesn't like that, there's people that don't like Marxism. There's tons of people online, right? Like well, writing you tell blogs. Me they are because I'm going to call them. That's, <laughs> that's right. We're going to call them. Kick <laughs> that's no, but ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> but but again, like when you get to a level of Marxism, people are going to have. another there's vegans out there. There's people that are writing. You know, oh, his meat thing. He's promoting this. Of course, there's yeah. other opinions. Yeah. He can't. He doesn't sit there and bother and worry about it and read right. the stuff. He just moves forward. If if he cared about every single review someone wrote about it, you know, he wouldn't be where he's at. And so consider it flattery and an honor to be at that point <laughs> right. anyway. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. It's so it, it, it's flattery when the people are like talking smack about you because it's like, well, they're jealous or whatever. It's fine. But you also want to, part of this is like, um, you only want to w- work with and be friends with and build relationships with people that are basically your ideal client or your ideal person in your life, your other friend, you don't want to, you don't want to build a relationship with people that are going to be in conflict with you anyway. So if you have a business, cause again, we all have a business that we're working with people in some way. So like why, I, I don't need to spend time on those people that are the naysayers because I'm like, it's not actually who I want as a client or as a friend or whatever it is. So I get to focus on what I am doing that's that's exciting and inspiring to me to in order to so if you have a business if whatever you're doing the more that you focus on what is inspiring and what you're good at and what uh, drives you then you're going to attract in you're going to magnetize these people who are in alignment with you and that's going to help you get further in whatever it is you're doing. Tell us how you work with people? Because it's a variety of ways. Because I mean, you work with people, you rock videos, right? You help people get even just like, oh my gosh, I need to be out there in the world through video. And I don't know where to start. I know you do that. And you also (laughs) help people with their business and also just life coaching. Tell us a little bit about, you know, the variety of arenas of people and circumstances that you've coached and worked with. Great. Yeah. So I um, work with mostly, you know, someone who has a business, like I say, some sort of creative entrepreneur. And I work, there's a couple ways that people work with me. First of all, is my one-on-one coaching. That's like my VIP one-on-one coaching where I'm basically hand in hand with you in all of your life and business and walking, you know, we're, we're building your business, but more importantly, we're transforming you on the inside and so that you can create the, the business and life that you actually dream about. And I only work with a few clients every you know year, basically with a, with a one-on-one. And then I have an online group coaching program that's interactive that I'm, I love. I'm so excited about it because I can serve uh, you know people all over the world in this way. That's a group coaching called the Six Figure Strategy to Success, and that's an online interactive group program where I walk you through so much of what we're talking about today, of walking you through the clarity of what you're creating and how to get super laser clear in like these goals and these dreams and these visions, and then the strategy around it of how you're you know creating your roadmap of how you're going to get there, and then I'm coaching you uh, online in the group the whole the whole time. So I love that. It's super fun. And, um, and then the third thing that I do with clients is like you said, I help people really understand how to use the power of video 
and social media to grow your business. So that's a, a an arm of what I do that I help you under, I really walk you through the process of understanding how to do videos, you know, because it's very scary for people. So to actually get you build the, the on-camera confidence for you and understand how to use the different platforms, whatever it is you desire to use and and really make your social media stand out so that you can draw in your ideal client. So those are the three ways. So it's one-on-ones, it's my group coaching, the six-figure strategy to success, and then it's the rock your videos, uh, which also includes Instagram training as well. So um, that's how people work with me. And what I talked about earlier is that I have this awesome guide that will help you walk you through what we've been talking about today. That's it. If you just go to www.freestrategyguide.com, it's a, a download PDF. It's an action guide that walks you through how to understand how to create your strategy. So you can do that download, get your strategy really figured out and listen to this podcast. So you can, you know, that's what we've been talking about today. And then that will help you along the way. So go grab that. And then, then we'll be in contact after that too. Excellent. And we will put all of these links in the show notes, but you can go to arianalexander.com. And will you spell that for us? Yes. <laughs> I know it's that crazy name. A-R-R-I-A-N-E, Alexander, A-L-E-X-A-N-D-E-R.com. Thank you so much for joining us again. And I can't wait to see you soon in person, hopefully. Thank you. This is so fun. It's always so great to be with you, Ali. This is always, we just have such amazing conversations. So I'm so grateful. So good. Hope everyone enjoyed it. And we will see everyone next week. Hi, Brad Kearns here with something different than a stiff commercial script message. I want to give you an authentic endorsement for one of my favorite supplements of all time. It's called Adaptogenic Calm. used to be called Primal Calm, and the key ingredient in this formula is called Phosphatidylserine, or PS. And this agent has been shown in hundreds of studies to blunt the catabolic effects of the stress hormone cortisol in the bloodstream that's released in response to all forms of life stress. Whether it's a series of difficult workouts, extensive jet travel, personal stress of any kind, we're constantly triggering the fight or flight mode in modern life. And when people say, hey, you should take a chill pill, this really is a chill pill. Because when you consume an appropriate amount of phosphatidylserine and the other supportive ingredients that have been known to have a calming effect on the central nervous system, things like magnesium, L-theanine, magnolia bark, and rhodiola, you will get a calming effect. It's not like a stimulant product that makes you feel more energy and have a better workout but instead this sort of takes the edge off of that stress buzz where you feel that foggy brain function maybe a little shaky and finally fried at the end of a busy stressful day this stuff will help you clear your bloodstream from those catabolic stress hormones before they can do the damage so i like to take significant quantities of it in and around stressful events such as jet travel or in those heavy training cycles when you're really pushing your body and trying so hard not to fall into that overtraining, overstress, foggy brain function spiral downward. That's right, phosphatidylserine has also been shown to enhance cognitive function. It's commonly used in Europe on cognitive decline patients. And you